Hi, everyone, and welcome to Making Ways, the art of music. And we're here with a brand new season. This series is all about the crossroads where music and visual art meet on the Weirder Together podcast network. I'm your host, Rob Goodman, a diehard music fan and an illustrator for bands. I've been creating album covers and designing posters for bands like King Crimson, Ben Folds, and many more. In each of our episodes, I speak with bands and musicians with their visual art counterparts together about the art of music and creative collaboration. We're talking album artwork, posters, stage shows, and collaborations for music videos, TV and film, and so much more. On today's episode, we're joined by Mark Gilfrey and Jordan Feller, the duo that make up the band Neil Francis. Their debut full-length album, There Is No Neil Francis, was released in 2022, but this pair has been making music together since 2016, after connecting in LA, each of them at a crossroads in their music careers. I love this band, and if you haven't listened to Neil Francis yet, you are in for a treat. And since we're talking about the art of music, we're also joined by the creative crew of friends that make the band's visuals come to life. Alongside Jordan and Mark, we've got Pia Riverola, a brilliant photographer whose work is on the album covers and singles for the band. Pia is an accomplished photographer working in fashion, still life, landscape, and architectural photography. Pia's husband is John Reagan. He's a brilliant painter, and John works from photographs. He's actually painted some of Pia's images for Neil Francis's cover art. And lastly, Kyle Jetter is also joining this interview. He's the videographer and editor who's been documenting the band on the road and in the studio and directing music videos for them, including one we'll talk about today called She's Just the Type of Girl. Kyle also directed the band's series on YouTube called Off the Record. I can't recommend enough digging into some of the videos that are a part of the band's work. In this interview, we talk about the creative collaboration that happens between the band and all of their visual art collaborators, well, mostly all of them, the importance that trust has in their process. Plus, we'll get into some of the specific stories behind single covers and album artwork, like for their new album, There Is No Neil Francis, which Mark's wife Muriel actually collaged from the cover artwork from the singles that led up to the album, which were actually photographs that Pia took. So it's an amazing community of friends around this band that are coming together to make the videos and the album artwork, and of course, between Mark and Jordan, the music for Neil Francis. And we get into what that glue is that brings all these friends together in the process of creating art. A big special thanks to Elliot Watson at Hanara Productions. Elliot made the intros here and connected me with Jordan. So thank you so much, Elliot. And Jordan, thank you for helping to bring this episode to life and bringing all the creative players together. And be sure to check out Hanara. They are a brilliant TV, film, and podcast production company. Okay, I cannot wait for you to hear this episode. So let's get started. Neil Francis, the creative force behind the music and the art, welcome to Making Ways. Thank you very much for having us. Thanks for having us. Since we have so many folks on this session, I'd love to just go around the room and everyone introduce themselves and, and their role in the group, just so listeners can kind of identify the voices with the names. Yeah, I'm Mark. I'm uh, the lead singer, and Jordan and I create all of the music behind Neil Francis. I'm Jordan Feller. I create a lot of the music behind Neil Francis and I uh, play keys in the live band. 
I'm Kyle. I'm like the day-to-day videographer for the band. I'm Pia. I've been working in photos with No Francis since the very beginning. Portraits, artwork. I'm John. I recently started working with Neil Francis, painting some covers, some single covers. Awesome. Well, let's just get started with the story of Neil Francis. Jordan and Mark, I know that, Jordan, you came through by way of London and, and returned to L.A. And Mark, you were, I think, in New York and made your way back to L.A. You were working on Rock Band at the time. Jordan, you had produced some of that music or, or remix, I believe. And then, you know, Jordan, you were kind of like ready for what's next after DJing for a bit. Talk to me about how it came together and, you know, the philosophy behind the music. I mean, everything with this project has been really organic for the most part. Mark and I came together, as you said, we were both in sort of a similar situation with our previous acts. We'd kind of hit a bit of a glass ceiling creatively with sort of what we were doing and what we wanted to get out of doing music. And it was oddly serendipitous that the week that I moved to LA from London Market also moved back from New York as well. And I had a handful of like beats and ideas and stuff that weren't necessarily in the kind of dance music space that I'd been operating in. And a friend of mine was like, hey, you know, Mark's back in town. So I was like, okay, cool. And I shot him a note. I was like, hey, do you like any of this stuff? Let's get together. And we recorded some of the first demos of our early, early stuff in his dad's office at their place in Rancho Cucamonga with like this like raggedy microphone he had down there. And then it's just kind of like grown, as I said, I hate using the word over and over, but like organically from there. I mean, we wrote some songs. The initial concept was we didn't necessarily want to start a band or anything like that. We just wanted to write some songs and maybe somebody else would sing them. Looking back on that idea, that's complete nonsense, but like that was the idea at the time. And we shared it with our booking agent and a handful of other people. He then shared that playlist with a radio host called Chris Doritas here in LA. And Chris ended up playing one of our songs. A friend of ours happened to be listening to KCRW and was like, hey, they just back announced you guys on the radio. And then we continued to release songs. It got to the point where we were like, well, we guess we better play a live show. We put a band together. And again, like that's insane for me looking back being a DJ where I would turn up to like club nights and stuff with a set of headphones and USB and if you told me that in a year or two's time you'd be in a full-fledged band with a seven-person touring crew I'd be like you're out of your mind but (laughs) that's kind of where we are right now it's been a really crazy kind of ride the pandemic was oddly good to us in terms of people listening to our music it started to kind of really uptick there and in the last year or so particularly this year has been our most successful to date in terms of touring. We've been lucky enough to kind of, I was thinking about it the other day, I was talking to my girlfriend, it's like we've been between Canada and Mexico and then all all over the US. It's been a really magical year. That's amazing. I love the music and I love the approach of just releasing singles and EPs. And I can't believe that in 2022, after how many years of, of being a group? Is it like six years? Six, yeah. Yeah. Your first full-length album comes out, There Is No Neil Francis. And also uh, something that I love is how all the tracks on the new record, they bleed into each other, the titling, into this beautiful poem. So how much thought kind of went into the visual standpoint of the band, thinking about the videos, thinking about the album artwork as you were putting together the music? Did that vision start to crystallize in your minds? And then I, I want to hear about how you all connected with the creative folks on this call. I'll speak to one piece of it real quick. Pia and I lived together for basically the best part of the last 
four years or five years and obviously she's probably the most talented artiste on this call right now <laughs> and it would be me bothering her for photos with every release. I just kind of came up with the idea like your photos are obviously beautiful and I don't have a distinct idea of what I want or what we want the visuals to be but your photography mixed with our music kind of carries the same sort of feeling, I guess. Yeah, I think it was like the first times I think you would send the song, have the thing on, then like kind of like listen it together and be like, okay, this is like kind of brainstorm in terms of photos. He would send the ones that he felt were like work with the song, then I would send other ones. For me, there are at least two or three covers that are like pretty personal and were very specifically chosen out of all of Pia's photos because it was just like this natural thing. So like, for example, the song, Mr. Blue, the story is that that song, Mr. Blue is, is my brother-in-law. So the song's kind of about him in a way. And we were all down in Mazunte, Mexico, John and Pia and my wife, Marielle and brother-in-law, Alex and our friends. We were like, hey, you know, we have this song that's written about Alex. Like, we got to get a picture of Alex. And I don't know how it came about. It was like a drunken night of some crazy, you know, vibes. And Pia took this amazing photo of Alex swimming in the pool underwater. And the pool happened to be have these strange lights in it where they would change color. So half the pool, we decided to light green. And the other half, we decided to light red. It's an amazing image it's insane and then the cover for falling for you another one of our songs came from that same trip you know piet took this amazing photo of the ocean and rocks and sky and i remember feeling like that whole trip a very romantic kind of i'm falling in love again kind of feeling and to have a piece of that and be able to put that on a cover that's very much about that is pretty special that's just a great example of us kind of collaborating in real time Pia, talk to me a little bit about your photography career. How long have you been shooting photographs and what does your work kind of typically make up of? I started more or less out of college in Spain, but I never became professional until I moved to Mexico in 2013, 12, 13. I just started traveling and then like, I started sharing my photos and like it started getting some traction. People started asking for commissions or for editorials and yeah it just happened more or less like that i love doing travel but then i do like a lot of architecture i do a lot of portraits i love doing like a little bit of everything otherwise i get a little bit bored and i think it's fun to just like kind of bring my aesthetic to any particular scenario or assignment is there a specific single or EP that comes to mind with Pia's photography on it that you could talk through kind of the creative process or how the photo was picked and, and how that artwork came together, what it's typically like to work together? And then I also want to hear about how John comes in and will paint Pia's photos and then those will become album artwork. I mean, she's just got a really great eye. And like on top of not only the photography, once she takes the photo, what she does afterwards is kind of like, you know, she can turn, I've seen her do it. She turns just like a nondescript photo into this like beautiful thing that you don't necessarily see. You know, she can see things that you can't. Again, it kind of goes back to a whole ethos with this project where we've kept it very close, not necessarily 
like from the get go where we're like, we want to only work with our friends, but we kind of realized that we're blessed to have such an incredibly talented group of people around us that we can tap to do all the different bits and pieces. And trust is a big thing. Mark and I read this book a couple of years back, Niall Rogers's, the guitarist from Chic, and he talks about this thing called DHM, which is deep hidden meaning. You can be saying the most naff thing in terms of lyrics, or you could be like using the cheesiest sound, but like maybe the sound or maybe the lyric actually doesn't mean what you initially think it does. There is a deep hidden meaning there. And I love the fact that you can see that picture for Tell Me, and it looks beautiful from the surface, but then when you actually dive into why it was chosen, it was because the that car was parked right next to our house for like four years, buried by a Bougainvillea. So it's like, it's kind of cool. And when did, John, your kind of painting on top of the photography come into play? Really recently, the guys were nice enough to ask me to do a painting of for a couple of the covers. And me and Pia had worked together and normally work from photos. And so it was kind of a natural thing. And I crashed Jordan and Pia's party when they were living together as a new guy <laughs> so uh had to come into yeah equation. they had to they had to rub me in somehow it's all or nothing <laughs> is that right mm-hmm. like you're you're in, if you're in the circle it's like we're gonna do yeah, everything yeah, together yeah. i'm gonna you're put you to work <laughs> when you start asking this guy he'll he'll attest to it he'll put you to work <laughs> Mark, do you want to tell us a little bit about the album collage for the new album and your wife's work? Yeah, yeah. First of all, the idea for the album to kind of be seamless and be a journey and tell a story. Jordan and I knew we wanted to make something that was cohesive and that would you know flow, and that was important first and foremost. And then second priority was, hey, you know, it'd be really great if we could make all the song titles spell out into a poem or something, a statement, which is an idea that I completely ripped from this artist, Dean Spencer, that I love out of New York. He has an album called Pretty Face. On his, it's more of an Easter egg. You can't really tell until you look more closely, but all of his track titles spell out into a poem or like a statement, and it's really beautiful. So anyway, we we knew we wanted to do that. And then I don't know how the idea came about, but we knew that we wanted to keep working with Pia and her photos. And so... You know, we had never had to design an album and singles before and think about how like the single artwork was going to tie into the album artwork. And I can't remember who came up with the idea, but basically we decided we would try a collage. And my wife, Marielle, does a lot of collage. She paints and does, you know, ceramics and sculpture, but she does a lot of collage work. And so I asked her to like take a look at all of Pia's photos, which was just, we ended up just kind of, you know, making a folder, screenshotting a lot of the ones that we loved. And we tried to incorporate a photo that would represent each song within the album. And some of those are directly from the singles, like Falling For You. And so we use the same image from the single artwork as part of the collage for the album artwork. And there's, you know, an image within that collage that represents each song. And then there are a couple of other kind of extra collage items to kind of fill out the picture and make it work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And what about the kind of order of operations? Was the concept to have the album cover be, you know, an amalgam of the single visuals? Did that happen kind of early on, even as you were picking artwork for the singles and same thing with the track listing did you have this concept even as you were writing the record that you wanted to pull out these lines to make a poem i want to say there were three singles ahead of the album and by the time we were going to release single number two it was like oh we need to think about this if this is going to be the thing that we're doing like it was all happening as we went forward and there was always this kind of like doubt in my mind that we'd be able to make it make any sense but by like the second or third single, we realized like, okay, we have to really think this out. So, And also just to add, like the cool thing about writing an album like that and trying to make sense of it into some sort of you know, statement or poem was that once you get to the point where you have like 10 or 12 songs and you might need a phrase to make sense of one song getting to another, you can write a song called whatever that phrase is to make sense of it, which is what we did. But it was actually really cool because when you're like looking for inspiration, it's like, oh, we need a song that says, you know, I want to walk to the place next door. Great. Okay, cool. And then we write a song with a chorus that does that. And it's like, how, it works. How many times did that happen on the new record? Once or a few times? It happened twice. Yeah, at, least, at least twice. twice. Yeah. 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 I love yeah. that because you're, you're like, you're basically figuring out that there's a puzzle to assemble and you're figuring out what the pieces are and you're creating the puzzle pieces like all in the same kind of breath between the artwork and the music, which is so exciting. Pia, it seems like you don't necessarily hold your images so precious. I mean, John can paint them, um, (laughs) you know, Marielle can collage them. Talk to me about your relationship with your photography and kind of how you can kind of hand it off into a bigger, you know, creative whole. As we said, like, if you trust the people that you're giving them the images to, then I think it's fine. This is actually the first time that someone had done collage with my photos. And at the beginning when they suggested it, I was like, you know, because they just asked for a few photos. I was like, okay, cool. I just, I'm curious. Basically, I'm just going to let it be and see. And it turned out amazing. I'm super happy that Marielle did it. And for the paintings, I think it's beautiful because then, the paintings normally are not exactly like the photos and like you can in photos you can change things but it you will notice more in photoshop whereas like in a painting it just like feels more dreamy more like more possible the possibilities are endless and you can like kind of recreate something or something that you wanted to add to the photo or something different which is kind of amazing And I only let John do that (laughs) because... Special. (laughs) Yes, special treatment. Do you uh, kind of whisper things to John as he's painting in terms of, oh, you know, I I could imagine this photo going this direction or that direction, or is there kind of a clear delineation in that process? Yeah, definitely. Uh, (laughs) I'm a control freak. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it was a a collaboration because Jordan and Mark would have the photo or pick an idea for the photos and then... Pia would then suggest what to do with it. So it was really fun to like mm-hmm. have all the input from everybody coming. And then definitely I love playing with color and I love seeing because I can't paint at all. I can't draw, but I'm like, I like colors. So I always pick in his like 
color palette and I'm like, okay, make this green a little bit more blue or like <laughs> this color should be more warm, which is great because again, it's just like, it gives you so much flexibility and it's like really a collaboration between the both of us. Yeah, I love that. I mean, obviously there's so much trust here. I mean, where do you think that comes from? Is it that there's relationships beyond the creative process? There's friendships, there's, you know, so many years together for you all, both on the music collaboration side and also between the art and the music, what are the things that make the collaboration work so well? Where does that trust kind of, you know, build up from? For me, like when it started, I had just really heard a song. So it was like a blind trust a little bit. It was like, okay, I'm just going to give this photo to these friends that I love and I trust, but like, I don't know what's going to happen. And then eventually, obviously, like it proved that the project was super strong and beautiful. And like, I've seen like also like the evolution and like, it's obviously like has a very personal place in my heart, but also I can value very much when something is good or not. And this is good. So (laughs) it's been great. Yeah. A lot of trust, but also it's been like totally justified. I guess also it's it's kind of like anything. You have kind of a pie-in-the-sky idea and then you prove it once, you prove it twice, and then you develop that trust, you know, each time to the point where it becomes a process, you know, as opposed to a big ask. It's like this is part of the process of our creativity. Yeah, exactly. For me, the decision to kind of like work with our friends and work with the people we loved was like it's trust, but it's also like because you love that person – you're going to love whatever they do or how they perceive what you're going for. Like Jordan mentioned before, the DHM, the deep hidden meaning was almost, I wouldn't say it was more important to us than having a beautiful product. But I think that it was kind of a given with all of our friends because they're so talented and they all just do great work that like the benefit of having the DHM and like knowing the person and having that connection was such an obvious plus that it just made perfect sense to us. And not to mention, like, yeah, you'll love anything they do, but we know each other so well that, like, you're going to hear about any kind of critique that Pia has or, or right. John, oh, you know? <laughs> no, or that, or, or Marielle, like, you know, through the collage process, it was like, I've loved what she was doing, but I wasn't afraid to make a suggestion here and there, you know, because we just already have that relationship. So it makes it easy. I love that. And talking about the process and the creative process, Kyle, I love what you've been doing, documenting the band. And, you know, you can go onto YouTube and, you know, watch these episodes where, you know, Jordan, you're creating and and Mark and you guys are putting together beats and music. And it's really incredible. When did you start working with the band? And I also love your, your music videos as well. How did this collaboration start for you? And talk to me kind of on the, you know, documentary side of things and then also on the creative for music videos. I've been working with the guys for about four or five years, I'll say. We met through um, a mutual friend of ours, Peter Nussbaum, over at Crap Eyewear. I was doing like lookbooks for them and a lot of just like commercial style videos. And then doing a lookbook in 2018, I got introduced to their music. I heard Show Me the Right and was just like, oh shit, that's a great song. And they're like, oh yeah, it's my guys, you know. All right, cool. So then a couple years down the road, they um, needed somebody for a concert to film at Echo Park Rising. And... That was like my first time in like a, a real venue green room. So it was like super 
funny for me because it was just kind of like this full-fledged like how you imagine kind of like a band experience like, <laughs> yeah because you're I, like I, what, I, what world am i in right yeah now? yeah i was like how am i going to do this you know i'm like I, i'm not really like, too versed in la at the moment like they're like all right cool come to like this green room at the echo plex long story short it was just like kind of like young kid in la trying to like <laughs> i'm like okay what's this band gonna be like and they're like all right cool going through the back i know nobody at the time and it's just like this party in the green room i'm like okay shit <laughs> <laughs> did they make you feel uh like comfortable or, or but imme- just- immediately i felt comfortable you know like at first it was like i was nervous but yeah when i first met the guys it was super welcoming and really fun i guess really over covid we got very close because jordan had the idea to do these off the record episodes where we spent a lot of time just like diving into some of the music they make in the background of the band. And that involved just a lot of like being a fly on the wall, hanging in the studio, just going back and forth for hours. Yeah, that's kind of where it all started, a couple concerts and doing the in the studio stuff. Jordan and Mark, what's it been like working with Kyle over these years? I mean, I, I want to say one thing real quick. I'm a bit of a jaded old man at this point and like, having his energy in general, like on the road, at shows, everything is new to him. Right. So like, right. like he just said, like going to a green room is like, this is, what the, this is sick, you know? And like, yeah. I am not like that. So like having the energy of that around is like magic, irreplaceable. It gets the best out of me. Again, going back to that trust thing, like I trust him in the studio to sit in the corner or to like throw out ideas at me. I'm not necessarily self-conscious too much when I'm on a camera, but I feel far less awkward doing like drops at the start of a video, you know, you sit there and you do 10 of them. Hey, I'm Jordan from New Francis, <laughs> woobity, woobity, blah, blah. You know, I feel much more comfortable doing that with Kyle behind the camera than some random person that I don't know. Just to add to that, you know, I'm sure people can imagine that like being in a band touring with seven people and cramped in small spaces for a month or two can either go really well or really horribly. And band chemistry is actually pretty important I think for something lasting and I think that if you're having a great day and you love the people that you're working with that translates you know for the audience and everyone's experience besides all that like Kyle was like such an obvious add to our crew once like we had gotten to know him over the years that like bringing him on tour was just like this breath of fresh air which is kind of needed maybe at that point yeah Kyle's just Everyone loves Kyle. I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, I may, maybe you have some enemy somewhere, but like, I, it's just, I trust him in any situation and like in any room and like everyone, he just, he has a kind of a magnetic energy and giving him the power to tell the story with a video is like a no brainer. And I'll also say that what came out of the first off the record video that we made with Kyle was like a pretty strong sense of voice. I think that he kind of has an angle and he tells a story from his perspective. And sometimes it's like, you know, making fun of me and Jordan because we're idiots. <laughs> and, and so it's like, you know, you might not see him because he's behind the camera, but he's definitely in the room and like helping guide what we're trying to you know show people. And you can't give someone that power that you don't trust or you don't love. That's like not, you know, the homie. So I feel like that's a real, real talent that, not everyone has. Thanks, Mark. That's amazing. And Kyle, that must be such a gift as well, just for the work to have that trust between you all, because I'm sure it makes your job of you know capturing more intimate moments, capturing the work process happening, just having that trust there that you've helped build. Yeah. I think the trust is probably the most important part, even like being a sugar, because then you're more confident to just like 
have the camera rolling or like to ask to like do certain things or you know whatever that entails but like for instance like a really special moment for me was like when they were putting that album together i had a few episodes i got to like be in the studio when they were piecing the whole like poem together and this and that and like that was kind of one of the first moments of like real frustration that was in the room and it was just like this really like I don't know what you call it. Like it was just like, we're like we came to like shoot this whole cry. this whole thing. We were like, oh, we're gonna shoot this and like make this cool video, and it turned into like this like frustration of like, what the hell is gonna happen with this album? But it was like this really special moment of like, because after we, the video came back, it was like, I don't know, like you grow out of that too. Like it was just like, okay, cool, you can hang out even when the times aren't just like high and vibrant and like you know this and that. That's also real too. It's like not every studio session is a hit. Like yeah. not every idea is good. I think it's important to yeah. present that to the audience. Kyle, talk me through a process for one of the music videos that you've directed. Maybe pick a track and talk to me about how it came together and, and Mark and Jordan, what it was like for you. So this last one for um, She's Just the Type of Girl. <laughs> That's such a fun video. Yeah, <laughs> it. exactly. Like it was so fun to make because the concept is more or so like let's just shoot a bunch of verses like around the city and we'll just walk around and like just like mess around. And so if you saw it, it's pretty much just Mark like bopping around the city, super easy song to dance to. And we just shot like a bunch of stuff over the course of the day. And so that was kind of really it on that. And anything that looked cool, like we were just picking up and George's behind my shoulder. Like I, I love this shit. Like got my screen out and Jordan's just like right behind me like yep that's it you know like, <laughs> like you know, yes like, keep going yeah 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 like full director like yeah that's the shot keep it going keep going you know? I'm like, all right cool so we just like picked up a bunch of stuff it really came down to like being on the editing board afterwards and me and Jordan and Mark spent a good amount of time just like in hotel rooms kind of chopping that together and making selections like going back and forth like okay we should start the video like this or put you know this part of the lyric like at the end or the middle and so it's really just like putting this whole freeform puzzle together which is really fun really stressful but very rewarding like when it's all done because you didn't have a concept at first and then you have it also i really believe in the benefit of limitations so we had like one day off in new york between two shows and i was like he's a talent so it's like if he can't get enough pretty shots of New York and enough shots of us, you know, doing things over like a six-hour period, then there's probably something wrong. <laughs> and, you know, we started off the day, we had some food, and then we just like, as you said, we just cruised around. And it speaks to the trust that we have in Kyle. I think you'll go back and have a look at any of our other music videos. Mark's not looking at the camera. Mark isn't necessarily... Uh, how do I say this, Marcus? It's like you are less inclined to be like face forward, okay? But because we love Kyle and because we're, you know, yeah, cool, we'll goof off in front of Kyle. It's Kyle, you know? So it's like you're more inclined to turn around like, she's just the type of girl and do stuff like this. Which yeah, I mean, ordinarily never do, you know? So yeah. It was like getting enough of that stuff, getting enough of the city, and then from there it was like, okay, we only have this much content to work from. And yeah, as he said, like we sat up and I was a drill sergeant when we'd come back after a show in somewhere in Phoenix or something like that. Like, Kyle, yeah. we got to edit for two hours, baby. Let's go. Like <laughs> the boy, some of the boys would be going out to like get a beer. Like, you want to come with? They're like, nope, we're sitting in the hotel room. Like, up till, till fucking up till, up till three a.m. You know, trying to figure something out. But it was out. honestly, it was, it was a great process. It was a really cool editing process, and I think it turned out to be one of our best videos today. Yeah, it's so much fun to watch. I think it's captivating, and the songs, you know, fantastic. Mark and Jordan, between you two, you know, how do you describe kind of the connection you have as music makers and kind of the complementary nature of what you make together as Neil Francis? 
I think it's pretty unique the way that Jordan and I work. It's like we are partners. We like share maybe an equal amount of like the creative work that goes into it. Mm -hmm. I would say that most of the songs, almost all the songs live on Jordan's computer and he's probably putting in a few more hours than me on some of the stuff in terms of producing and mixing and all that. I told Jordan early on and he thought it was, you know, it would work that I wanted to be an instrument and just kind of like let him guide everything and have the final say. I'm one of those people that I'm not like very confident in my work. And so if it were up to me, like I probably would never release anything ever. And I also have difficulty like just finishing songs. I just can't finish, you know. And so Jordan and I work well because I've felt like really kind of liberated to just like be more of a tool in his arsenal, you know, and we write everything together. But at the end of the day, it's like I'll have an opinion on something and Jordan will have another and Jordan gets the final say. And I think it's important to kind of like elect a team leader when you're collaborating with people because you could, you know, pretty easily just disagree about something and then you'll never put that to bed. Also, when I started this project with Mark, a big piece of it for me is empowering people that you work with to do what they are fundamentally best at. So it's like, I'm not asking Pia to come in here and write guitar lines. Like Pia does photography. Oh, That's <laughs> <laughs> right. And thankfully the partnership between him and I is like, I love editing and producing music. Like I will like work after this podcast, I'll work with Mark, Mark will dip, I'll go home, have dinner. And if I'm like excited about something, I know it's work, but I'll come back into the studio and work until 11 o'clock and like edit one eight bar loop for three hours. Like I'll sit there and listen to it until it is just the most undeniably most amazing piece of music that I can possibly make in that loop. More often than not, I can't do that with other people in the room because it's going to drive the other person in the room completely psycho. So like that's the perfect balance between Mark and I is that more often than not, Mark will throw every idea at me that he can and some will stick, some will not. And I then go and do what I'm fundamentally good at, which is editing and producing. And I think that's, again, coming back to the trust thing as well, Mark, trust the fact that I'm making the best decisions because I don't think really either of us have much of an ego. Like I'm not a musician, so I can't pick up any instrument and play it. I can play the computer really well and I can record really well. Like I can make you think that I can play a bass guitar, but I absolutely cannot play a bass guitar. I guess, yeah, all that is to say like, the trust between Mark and I at this point is pretty rock solid and we try not to step on each other's sort of creative toes, you know, because you want everyone to do what they're fundamentally best at and that turns into the best work. Amazing. Mark, Jordan, Kyle, Pia, John, this was such a pleasure and joy to have you on the show talking about the art of the music of Neil Francis. Thank you so much for being here. Thank, thank you, Rob. Rob. Thank you, Appreciate Rob. It. And thank you, Pia, John, Kyle, for yeah, giving us your you time. Guys. Appreciate it. We love thank you guys. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe if you dig what we're doing here on this independent podcast. Rate the show, share it with friends, colleagues, and creatives in your life. Visit makingwayspodcast.com to learn about our guests, see the exclusive artwork I illustrated that goes along with this episode, and support what we're doing so we can continue to bring you amazing new episodes at the crossroads where art and music meet. Making Ways is created, hosted, and illustrated by me, Rob Goodman. Audio engineering is by Brian Paik at Pacific Audio. You can find us on Instagram at making.ways. 
And if you have a project that brings together music and art, I'd love to work together. Hit me up at rob at makingways.co. And check out more of my artwork at robgoodmanart.com. Be well and see you soon. Thanks so much again for listening to Making Ways, the Art of Music. Dudes are messier than women.